The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. When I got my Keurig Brewer, I loved it so much I decided to name it. The right name had to fit my many sides, from the bold dark roast side to the soft herbal tea side. I landed on Freddy. Yeah, Freddy. It works for me. Who doesn't love their Keurig Brewer? It can brew the perfect cup of coffee, tea, and hot cocoa with just the touch of a button. All without a fuss and so little mess or cleanup. With over 250 varieties to choose from, it's no wonder people actually name their Keurig Brewers. Visit Keurig.com for more info. about to inspire you with the stories of real people. Welcome to A Current Life with your host, Jimmy Gould. In the next hour, you will meet one of the most interesting and successful people in the world. Listen as Jimmy gets their real story of success, both the highs and the lows. We hope that you take with you some of the ideas we will share today and embrace your own journey. Now, here's Jimmy. Welcome to another edition of A Current Life. I'm your host, Jimmy Gould, and I'm very excited and honored to introduce to you my very special guest, Blair Pancake, who was Miss Hello. Tennessee 2006. Hi, Blair. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for, for having me on. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate it as well. I'm extremely happy to have you as a guest on the show. For our audience that goes into 180 countries around the world, let me give you a proper introduction. Blair Pancake was Miss Tennessee 2006. She attended Baylor High School in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and graduated with her MBA from the University of Tennessee. She worked as the governor's spokesperson for the Safe and Drug-Free Tennessee program and now serves as local director for the Miss Texas organization while working as a sales director with Mary Kay. Uh, we're excited about you telling your journey, sharing your journey with us, and, and like I often do on this show, I like to start with your early years and kind of where you grew up and what life was like as, as a child for you. Sure. Um, I grew up in Chattanooga, Tennessee. It's a small town in southeast Tennessee, um, beautiful area. I'm the oldest of four girls, so I had, grew up with three younger sisters, so lots of, lots of women in the house for sure. Um, I don't know. I mean, when I was really little, it was a fairly, I guess, normal childhood. Um, and then about the time I was six years old, I was introduced into the pageant world, and I guess that's kind of where things really started for me. Was that a dream or an aspiration of yours, and what kind of prompted that, or did that come from your family, or how did that come about? Um, I guess a little bit of both. Really, I mean, I was about six years old, and I guess it's about that age when, you know, your parents are trying to put you in softball or sports or athletics or, you know, just kind of introduce you to different activities, dance, those sorts of things, and... Uh, my dad was a doctor, and he, a lady came to the office and was like, oh, your daughters are so cute. You should put them in uh, this Little Miss Mayday pageant. I think it was at a mall or maybe a junior high school. I don't, I don't remember, but um, we entered it, and, of course, we had absolutely no idea what we were doing, but, you know, we got to kind of dress up in a cute little dress and 
you know, my mom's like, oh, you just smile and walk here and walk here. And then we, you know, we, we won and we walked away with these gigantic stuffed animals, which when you're six years old, that's fantastic. And, you know, a trophy and a crown. And, you know, of course, you know, the bug kind of hit at that point. It's like, oh, that's, you know, we just smile and wave and we get all these stuffed animals. It was uh, great. So that's really how it kind of got started. So um, our parents put us in the first one and and I got the bug and my my sister, uh, the one right below me, she kind of really wasn't into it. So she she took a different route. Was it a lot of work? Um, In the beginning, it was a lot more fun, I think, as as I got more serious and, and decided that was something I really wanted to do and pursue. There was definitely a lot more work involved. Um, you know, I guess when your kids get uh, passionate or you kind of see a talent or something kind of spark with them. Um, and my parents were really good about, you know, when we had dreams or aspirations of, you know, if this is what you want to do, they, they supported it, uh, you know, 110%. Was there a tough moment that hit you during this time, uh, whether it's during a pageant or just as a younger, you know, as a young kid that you had to kind of fight through and overcome? Um, you know, I, I think probably the biggest thing is a, I think a lot of people have really negative, uh, stereotypes and perception of, of pageantry. So, you know, growing up, I did have to deal with that. Um, I, I distinctly remember, and I, probably something that's always stuck with me when I, it was, uh, right when I was going into the third grade, um, we went in to register for classes a little bit early before, uh, before the kids were there and before classes started, and I went to the restroom and um, and I was I guess in one of the stalls and some of the teachers came in and they were obviously had no idea anybody was in there but were discussing some of the students they were going to have that year and one of the teachers was like oh my gosh you know I've got Blair Pancake and I know she's been involved with these pageants and basically she was talking about how you know worried she was about having me in her class and she didn't know if I was going to be smart because I wasn't associated with pageants and I was you know. She kind of had a lot of negative um, ideas of the type of student I was going to be, and I remember that really stuck with me. And of course, you know, being a kid, you're upset about it. But I remember being kind of, I guess, a little bit angry, and I wanted to prove her wrong, so to speak. And uh, that was, I think, the first time that it really clicked with me the importance of um, of education and studying. And so I really got to the books and studied hard. And um, that was the first time, you know, I made straight A's and kind of continued um, that path um, you know, with school. I, you know, and it all kind of goes back to that that one moment. Right. You know, I, I do think that it's been, you know, I, I think it's, I think we've all gotten better about understanding different facets of what people do. And, 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 you know, I know when we were growing up, you know, we, we looked upon that maybe not in the right perspective, but, you know, as you, as you get older and you start to understand, you know, that you, it's really dangerous to stereotype anything. Uh, you know, yeah, that's one of the reasons so many people got held back, whether they were, you know whether it's because of color of their skin or 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 their gender, and I think that Absolutely. you know certainly anybody who bothered to look into your background and see, you know, uh, you know what you've accomplished and what you've done and your commitment to changing the world and also going out and getting an MBA and and you know I've met a lot of the kids that have gone to Baylor and and that's not an easy school to go to and it's a tough school for high school and it teaches you to be a very well-rounded person. So uh, I think you took that adversity and turned it around for yourself, you know, in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. I was, um, I definitely think of that moment as being like a, you know, a a win for me. And, you know, as much as I felt bad at the moment that it happened, you know, it, I felt definitely accomplished that I accomplished something. Um, And really that work ethic and importance of education really stuck through. And, you know, I really kind of have that moment and that even that teacher, um, 
to think. You know, I, I don't know without that push, you know, would I have been able to go to a great high school like Baylor and, um, you know, and graduate and go on to get my MBA. So, you know, definitely um, I was very fortunate in that, in that regard. Well, what would you say is the hardest part about competing in a pageant at a young age like that? Um, you know, I... That's a good question. I'm not really sure. I think when you're little and you just, you know, are excited and you like something, it, it comes very easily. I would say it comes much more difficult uh, as you get older and, um, you know, you start, I guess, when you get older, you worry a little bit more about what other people think and others' perceptions. Um, but when I was little, I just remember it being a lot of fun and my, my parents were really good about, you know, encouraging and, and I guess, you know, kind of keeping me in a, you know, in a positive little bubble growing up and I... I really enjoyed it, and we traveled, and, um, you know, those are definitely some fond memories with um, with my mom and, and my dad, and we would, you know, hop in the van and get to travel and visit different places and compete, and I was, um, you know, and I was successful, so I enjoyed it. Were you competitive with your other sisters? I know one of your sisters, Brooke, is a pro golfer. Was yes. competition something that ran through your family and, and in between, you know, kind of between your sisters? Uh, maybe a little bit. I, you know, we're definitely very competitive when it comes to, you know, our pursuits, our passions. Um, our age difference, I think, I don't know if I would say we were very competitive amongst each other as much because we all were in different activities. Um, Debbie Aaron, the sister below me, she was involved in tennis, and she's very artistic, so that's, you know, her thing, and I am not artistic, so, you know, kudos to her. I can't really compete with her in that regard, and um, Brooke has obviously been very competitive in golf, and um, even my youngest sister did cheerleading and was very competitive with that. Um, so we definitely are a very competitive family, um, but I think because we've been involved in different things, you know, there hasn't been as much competition um, between us as much. I'm sure when we play games, you know, over the holidays and stuff, we might get a little competitive between each other, but um, for the most part, it's been pretty healthy and pretty good. So well, we get so, to kind of cheer each other on in our different, uh, right. um, different fields. Is there a time when you're competing? Uh, I mean, how many pageants are you in a, in a year time or in a period of time? And, and I assume there's some that you don't win or you do win or whatever. And how did, how did you handle your first defeat, so to speak, in, during a pageant? Um, God, I, you know, I honestly don't remember my first defeat, so I don't know if that's a, you know, a really good or bad right. thing. Um, but you do, I, I'm, you do learn um, wins and losses, and I think that's a, a really good thing for for young kids to learn as you're growing up because, you know, you can't win every single time and you're not going to win every single time and um, to be a gracious loser. And a lot of times you, you learn the most um, from those defeats and, you know, okay, well, I need to work on this and this is where I need to improve and what I need to do for the next time. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure that, you know, now that I look back, it was probably a very um, healthy, good thing that, that I was exposed to that at, at a young age and, and learned to deal with that appropriately so to speak so what was a what was a typical day like for you say when you were in your you know when you were going to Baylor and you were maybe yeah. in the, you know as a teen or you know going through high school and stuff like that what was a typical day like typical day um gosh well um I think we got to school pretty early so I want to say we'd go in at like eight and I mean you have classes all day um and I was a pretty serious student, so, you know, I did a lot of studying. Um, and most of my afternoon, we were required to do afternoon activities. So um, regardless of if you were um, into sports or if you were into performing arts or dance or anything, you had to do an afternoon activity that was required of you. Um, and I actually, that was, um, 
I was actually introduced to, uh, we called it community service, but we would actually, one of the activities you could sign up to be involved when if you weren't, you know, in a sport that season was community service. And we would go volunteer um, at the one-room drop-in schoolhouse or um, maybe the soup kitchen or places like that and go and volunteer. And um, and that actually was a great thing. You know, I, I don't know if a lot of high schools offer that, but I remember um, being really influenced by that. Um, for sure, and that really kind of instilled that um, idea of service and serving others. Well, you know, I know um, <clears throat> I just came back from your high school from Baylor, mm-hmm. and, uh, where I was a guest lecturer and spoke to about 1,100 kids there, and 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 it was really an exciting journey for me. I mean, I like doing that, and and this is the second trip I took to Baylor. Last year, I was actually there when Gandhi's grandson was there, and I have oh, a lot wow. of friends that yeah, it was amazing and. And so I've now really become kind of a, I don't know, maybe they should give me an honorary degree or something, but I go there and yeah. I've got a lot of neat people from there, and it's really Absolutely. a unique environment. Uh, yeah. I was really taken by, by just the fact that they really try to get to the whole person. What was your experience like at Baylor? And also, you know, how did that kind of help shape you as you went on with your life? Um. Gosh, it was, it was, overall, it was good. I think, um, you know, I'd be lying to you if I said it was uh, easy because, you know, I think any it, anyone going through high school, it's definitely, you know, you go through those little awkward stages and you're growing up and you're learning. And um, so, you know, a lot of the typical high school experiences went in there. But um, I do have to say, you know, not only did you get a great education, but, you know, I'm thankful for um, the fact that they did require, you know, I remember being, you know, being a high school kid, you're like, oh, my gosh, they, they make us stay after school and we have to do this activity and you'd rather do something else. Um, but I'm really grateful that we were required to do those afternoon activities and um, and it really got you connected and, and you got to meet other people. And um, it was a – overall, it was a, a great experience and it definitely prepared me. I mean, it was kind of funny. My first year of college, I remember thinking like, oh, this is it. You know, this, I feel like I studied this in, in high school already. So, I mean, it, I – you know, I definitely realized what a, um, a great education I got at my high school. And um, and I was really surrounded by a lot of great people as well, um, a lot of great teachers and um, a lot of supportive teachers. I think it would have been much more difficult, you know, being associated in pageants. And I did travel um, and do modeling and things like that. And I think in any other environment, um, it might have been different. You know, they were very much embracing of, um, you know, anyone that had a, you know, a special talent or skill or um, something that they were passionate and pursuing, you know, they definitely encouraged that. Um, so, you know, again, you know, I guess as I'm sitting here talking to you, I'm like, wow, I had a really, you know, fortunate, uh, blessed life for sure growing up. But, um, you know, Baylor was definitely a, a big positive part of that. Well, one thing I've learned is that I don't, I shouldn't wear a Macaulay hat when I'm walking to Baylor campus. Yeah, no, don't do that. Do not do that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh I got to tell you, you know, I, I mean, they don't pay me to come down there and lecture. And I told my friends at the school who I've gotten mm-hmm. to know, you know, Scott and, and Matt and, and Steve Bettis and a lot of people, that I really was taken not just by the beauty of the campus and the way it's, the, you know, the, the layout of it all. But yeah. I met with some of the, you know, the seniors and some of the juniors there. And I had taught an economics class and I lectured there and I, I met with this incubator group that they're doing and. I don't know. I mean, I, I have a, an 18-year-old who's building hoops for the homeless, uh, for veterans and homeless across the country. He built the first one in Cincinnati. And I got the feeling that everybody there 
was very much outside themselves, that they cared about at Baylor, that they cared about the world and what they could contribute to it. And I felt there was a real spiritual connection between yeah. them and the rest of the world. And I, and I haven't seen that in a lot of places. Obviously, I just went through it with my own son, and right. I was so proud of him for doing it. But, but I wonder... You know, when I look and, and you know, and, and I said to them, I wanted to do, I want to do a show about a Baylor alum. Who do mm-hmm. you suggest? And, you know, your name popped up so many different times. And that's oh, why wow. I was so happy to, to, you know, have you, that you agreed to do this. Because you, you have so many different facets of, of who you are. And uh, we're going to talk later on in the show about your, I mean, I, I saw your performance uh, from a play that we produced, Smokey Joe's, when you competed in the talent thing, your, oh, your, yeah. your, you know, your work with the states and, and uh-huh. the drug-free stuff. So I'm curious, what do you think is the one thing that really shaped that for you that made you care about people outside of yourself and also have the ability to compete in a beauty pageant? Because they're, they're very different, and yet, yeah. you know, they're all underneath the same roof for you. Yeah, so, so you're asking, like, one thing that just kind of brought it all together? Right. Um, gosh, you, you know, I don't want to sound cliche or anything like that, but, you know, I really feel like, um, I mean, there were so many things that contributed really to that. You know, I, I, you know, I came from an environment, you know, at home where, you know, my parents, you know, supported and encouraged me to pursue my dreams and to be passionate and, um, you know, when I got learned my work ethic from them, you know, they worked very hard, um, too, and they were successful in their own right. And then, you know, you combine that with, um, you know, you, you know, you can definitely include Baylor and my teachers and, and my experience there and um, definitely opening the door of, um, you know, that was the first time that I'd really gotten involved in the community, um, really gotten ingrained and involved in the community. And, you know, you kind of get that sense of like, oh, well, I can actually make a difference or maybe, you know, I can help one person and, um Really, I mean, anyone that gets involved with community service, you know, maybe you initially start to, you know, help someone out, but really they end up helping you. Um, you know, so all of those experiences, I think, you know, just kind of made the um, perfect culmination to kind of, you know, kind of groom and shape you, you know, all your life experiences and, you know, the people and, you know, the good and the bad, everything kind of contributes to that for sure. Did, did you have a favorite hero growing up? You know, um, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Uh, gosh, um, you know, I was fortunate to have a lot of strong role models just in my household. Um, I mean, when I was really little, She-Ra was my favorite cartoon. I don't know if she counts as a favorite hero. Sure. But yeah. um, I did like her. And then, you know, I did, um, when I was about 10 years old, my dad actually took me to watch Miss America um, in person in Atlantic wow. City, and that was very powerful. So, I mean, you know, I already liked pageants at that point and told them I wanted to be Miss America, but if that was ever going to seal the deal, that definitely did it. And um, I remember sitting, you know, sitting there in the huge runway and all these, you know, beautiful and talented and well-spoken women. I remember being like, oh, my gosh, I, they're amazing. I want to be just like them. And uh, Leanza Cornette um, won that year. And um, What, what was year was 90, that? I want to say it was 93. I think it was okay. 1993 or about that time. And she won Miss America. I don't remember what state she was from, but I remember being really impressed. And um, that was actually the first place that I learned about um, AIDS and HIV um, right. and HIV awareness. That was her platform and what she worked with and what she's passionate about. And um, she actually ended up coming to Chattanooga and speaking, and I got to meet her in person. So I still have an autographed um, photo of her. So, um, And then there was also, I think that year as well, Miss Tennessee was um, a lady named... 
Leah Hulin, and she was actually in the armed service, and uh, so she was Lieutenant wow. Leah Hulin. Wow, I mean that's such a that's such a. Um, have you kept up with a lot of the people that you met throughout your days competing in, in the pageants? Um, some, yes and no. Um, there's been a few uh, that I've, but um, not so much from childhood. Definitely as I got older. How how much does faith play a, a role in your life? And, and, and what would, if I asked you, what, what really inspires you every day? I mean, today, then, everything. Is there one thing that stands out? Is it, you know, that gives you your foundation to believe in yourself and to, and to strive for great, you know, for something great in your life to be successful and all the things like that? Um, gosh, that's a great question. Uh, what inspires me? I, you know, I definitely think my, my family's been, um, the root and the key to a lot of my success. So, I mean, I definitely put a lot of, uh, you know, and they definitely inspire me every single day. Um, still, I mean, in, in Brooke, my little sister, I definitely admire everything she's done and all her successes, so she's definitely an, an inspiration as well. Um, but, you know, I do believe in God and Christ and, you know, a purpose for your life, and so, you know, I'm always open and, um, you know, ready to face each day and see what, you know, I think it's, I guess when you look back at your life and the way that you think things are going to go and the way they turn out, are, it, it's pretty cool. So, you know, there's definitely a purpose and a reason for everything. And um, all that said, you know, those, you know, the, my family and, and my faith are definitely my inspiration. You know, do you, um, and I'm curious about this, do you uh, have a kind of a, you know, uh, if, for, for other you know people listening, especially for, mm-hmm. for for younger women that want to come in and sure. compete like this, is there any particular advice that you would want to give them? Oh my goodness! Um, I mean, we both meet people along the way. I mean, I, I, sure. Oh yeah, I yeah, yeah. I definitely meet people agent. along every, the way. Every guy wants to be a sports agent. I try to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Point is that, or the know, NFL, or yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Um, you know, I've been pretty lucky, you know, I, I definitely think it's something that everyone should try at some point. Um, I do realize that, you know, it's not necessarily for everyone, but if it's something that you're passionate about and you're excited about, and, you know, I think you're, you're in it for the right reasons, um, you know, absolutely go for it. Yeah. In other words, what do you have to lose, right? Exactly. Um, you never, you never know. So is there a particular life-changing event that, altered your perspective in life and 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 it maybe changed you uh, i know uh you know one of the uh, one of the things that happened to me is i lost my mother on christmas morning uh, right. at the age of five and i lost my father after that you know many years oh, later but it certainly changed me thank you it really affected me and and oh, probably had me deal with people a lot differently until i really grew to emotionally understand it and i know you lost your you know your your dad and 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 I'm just curious what that was like and and how that altered your life. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear about um, losing your parents so young too. I was uh, fortunate to be you know in adulthood when when I lost my father. Uh, I did. I I lost him to suicide about six seven years ago, um, and that definitely turned my world upside down for sure. Um, I had a great relationship with my dad. We were very close. Um, and he was my biggest supporter. So, you know, throughout my pageant career and my modeling career, um, you know, he's definitely my biggest fan. Um, so I'm sure, as you can attest uh, from your personal experience, yeah, it definitely changes your perspective on, um, you know, the importance of 
relationships with others and just how precious life is and, um, you know, not to take, you know, any day for granted because you absolutely never know, you know, you know, I mean, I, you know, when you're asking about heroes, you know, he probably was one of them. Um, but yeah, no, it was, I'm trying to think, you know, it, but definitely for my world upside down, it happened um, not long after I had given up my title as, as Miss Tennessee. Um, and by all means, you know, I would never consider myself quite celebrity status, but we were, you know, for a town, I guess, as Chattanooga, Tennessee, it's not too terribly large. Um, you know, my sister was successful at golf. You know, my dad was a well-known physician. You know, I just finished a year being Miss Tennessee. It was definitely um, very public, I guess, is probably the best way to put it. And, you know, the media kind of had a heyday with um, with that. So I think probably if you're asking one of the most difficult times, it was just, you know, um, going through that with, with the family and really learning, you know, the people who love you and who care for you and, you know, learning who your true friends are and, um, at the same time, you know, just embracing every day and, and, you know, realizing how precious life is and really valuing your family and those relationships. You know, I've talked to, I've had a lot of uh, people on the show who have lost family members, similar right. to what you're saying. I interviewed Kathleen Kennedy about her father, you know, with Robert mm-hmm. Kennedy. And, right. and and I kind of asked the question kind of like, it's, it creates such adversity, you know, at the time, and especially when it happens, you, right. don't, you know, you really don't understand it and it and, no. And all that stuff. And then, you know, I think if I, I said this at Baylor recently, if you can get past adversity, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger because it allows you to see through yeah. doors that otherwise you wouldn't have seen. Did that happen Very to you true. after that? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I definitely think I, I had a strength that I that I didn't really even know that I had. Um, you know, because I did have three younger siblings, and uh, my mom was very much, you know, dealing with you know, the legal aspects and all the, you know, preparations. So, you know, it was kind of up to me to be um, the strong one and to, you know, kind of, I don't want to say hold the fort, but, you know, be there for my family uh, at that time. So, I mean, you definitely, um, yeah, it definitely changes you. It definitely makes you a much stronger person, you know. I guess that saying what doesn't um, what doesn't yeah. kill you makes you stronger. There's definitely some truth to that. And, um, you know, it definitely, suicide can be a very taboo subject and it definitely changed my um, perspective and outlook on that as well Um, you know I think people think of it very negatively and you know just assume that you know anyone that would take their life you know they must have been some horrible person or you know a bad father or a bad husband or um, whatever the case may be or you know what a selfish decision and while I absolutely disagree with the decision that he made and you know I'd give anything for him to be here with us um, you know he definitely made that decision with Um, with his family in mind and, you know, our future in mind as well. And so I think a lot of times when you think of suicide and and going through that and, you know, and going through it publicly and, you know, you outwardly hear people's opinions and things like that, you know, so that definitely was eye-opening for me. So hopefully anyone that's out there, and I hope no one's going through that right now, but if they are, you know, I hope that can be a little bit of encouragement for them. I I do. I want to – I know it's – these things are difficult, and and sure. they were for me, and I know they. Uh, I can feel, you know, for you, and I deeply appreciate that you're willing to talk about it because I do think, you know, our entire world is kind of on the brink of so many different things right now, and oh, uh, absolutely, just yeah. sharing it, it obviously gives strength to people who can try to get a better understanding. Uh, you're you are a very special person, and I'm really glad that that you've taken the time uh, uh, for this show. You know, we're going to take a short commercial break. Uh, It's Jimmy Gould with my very special guest, Blair Pancake, Miss Tennessee 
2006. You're listening to A Current Life, brought to you by Green Mountain Coffee Roasters, Pure Romance, and Ad Space Malt Network. And when we come back, what I'd like to do is, you know, really talk more about the whole experience of Miss Tennessee and the Miss America pageant and also your work that you're doing. And uh, stay tuned, everybody. We'll We'll be right back. experts call toll free right now 1-866-472-5787 Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your questions that's 1-866-472-5787 thank you for calling voiceamerica.com when i got my keurig brewer i loved it so much i decided to name it the right name had to fit my many sides from the bold dark roast side to the soft herbal tea side I landed on Freddy. Yeah, Freddy. It works for me. Who doesn't love their Keurig Brewer? It can brew the perfect cup of coffee, tea, and hot cocoa with just the touch of a button. All without a fuss and so little mess or cleanup. With over 250 varieties to choose from, it's no wonder people actually name their Keurig Brewers. Visit Keurig.com for more info. The stove, the refrigerator, all the pots and pans. The sink? Sure, take the kitchen sink too. Yeah, pretty much everything in the kitchen I could live without if I had to. Except, of course, my Keurig Brewer. Who doesn't love their Keurig Brewer? It can brew the perfect cup of coffee, tea, and hot cocoa with just the touch of a button. All without a fuss and so little mess or cleanup. With over 250 varieties to choose from, it's no wonder your Keurig Brewer is the favorite thing in your kitchen. Visit Keurig.com for more info. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to A Current Life with Jimmy Gould. If you have a question or comment for Jimmy or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. If you'd like to send an email, the address is acurrentlife at yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to A Current Life. This is Jimmy Gould, my special guest, Blair Pancake, who was Miss Tennessee 2006. And you're listening to uh, A Current Life, brought to you by Green Mountain Coffee Roasters, Pure Romance, and Adspace Mall Network. Blair, um, did you ever dream that you would be Miss Tennessee and compete at the Miss America pageant when you were younger? You know what? I absolutely did. Um, <laughs> I Actually, I dreamed about it a lot, practiced my wave a lot. Um, yeah, I definitely envisioned it as a kid, absolutely. Um, so, you know, when I look back at my life and, you know, some of the things, you know, Miss Tennessee's definitely... Um, you know, one of the highlights for sure. So visualization, I assume, because you know, you always read about people talk about if you really want something bad enough, and I'm, uh, I happen yes. to be a big believer in it. You have to visualize it in order to get yes. it. You agree with absolutely. that? Absolutely, I absolutely agree with that. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> so, what was it like to win Miss Tennessee two thousand six? And when you won, did it resemble what you visualized before you won it? Um, 
Okay, so what was the first part? Sorry, I missed that. Well, what was it? What was it like to win Miss Tennessee? Oh, uh, winning was fantastic. You know, I, I think for anyone that that's dreamed and aspired to something, um, you know, and had that dream, especially when they were you know a young kid, and for that to you know come to fruition is um, it's just a great moment. You know, I don't, I can't really quite put it into words, but it's just awesome. And um, it, I don't know if it was. It, Exactly what I expected. Um, it probably was different than what I expected, but it was, I think, better. Um, it was great learning um, and definitely influenced me a lot. Um, the Miss Tennessee and Miss America organization is actually a scholarship organization, which a lot of people don't really realize that. And actually, Miss America um, is the largest scholarship organization for young women in the world. Um, so, you know, you have to be a student in good academic standing and, um, you know, not also talented. And there's, you know, the interview portion, so there's a lot of preparation. And so when that moment finally comes, it's fantastic. Um, but also something about uh, Miss Tennessee, which I think makes it so special, is uh, you work for the Department of Education for a year for, um, for the governor as the spokesperson for a safe and drug-free Tennessee program. Um, so during my reign, I was able to visit... I think I counted, I think it was 64 counties in the state wow. of Tennessee, and you visit, um, you know, each day you'll visit so many schools and you do a presentation and you talk about, um, you know, the importance of education and staying in school and saying no to drugs and basically just acting as a, as a positive role model. You know, I did a lot of singing, um, and that was just by far one of the best jobs I've ever had. You know, if I could do that again, I absolutely would. I don't, you know, I'm a little too old to be Miss Tennessee or to, to go in and do that now, but it was um, it was fantastic. I have a lot of great memories from that, for sure. The um, Now, let me ask, did the Miss America pageant, is that still owned by Donald Trump? No, actually, um, it's, a, it's a separate pageant. I can actually probably, I'll, there's probably a lot of confusion. We have, there's two pageants. There's uh, Miss America. Um, which has been around longer. It originated in Atlantic City. And okay. there's also Miss USA. And Miss USA is owned by Donald Trump. Okay. Um, the two main differences between the pageant, um, Miss America is a scholarship organization, so it's not for profit. And then there's also the talent portion in Miss America. So if you're watching on TV and, you know, someone's singing or dancing, you're definitely watching Miss America. Okay. So, um I sold him my football team, so that's why I brought it up. He and I were back in a long time ago. We're partners in the New Jersey Generals in the USFL, so I was curious about the difference. But you've actually explained it for the first time in my life. I actually know the difference now. Well, so yours you was a scholarship organization, yes. which really then you go out and do great work for the state that you're representing. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I worked for um, for yeah. So I worked for a year. Um, Absolutely. It was, uh, it was a wonderful experience. Um, you know, I was, you know, now that I'm kind of thinking back and remembering, I remember, um, you know, as part of the preparation uh, of going into the schools, you know, they kind of prepare you and they talk about, you know, oh, this gener I remember hearing a lot of people talking about, like, oh, this generations of kids that, you know, they're terrible and, you know, there's no hope for the future. I'm sure you've heard, um, overheard some of those conversations. Yes. Um, I think yeah. it probably happens every generation. Um, but I remember going to the schools and I would actually take requests. I, I I sing, and so I would take requests for what songs the kids wanted to hear. Um, and literally, the, the three songs that I think I sang every single day for, for almost the entire year, they always requested the Star Spangled Banner, 
Amazing Grace, and um, that particular year, Jesus Take the Wheel by Carrie Underwood was very popular, and those oh, yeah, were the sure. three songs that I sang on almost a daily basis. Um, I would get occasionally a random, uh, you know, I think Honky Tonk Badonkadonk was a popular song that year, too, but other than that, um, you know, those were the three songs that I got requested on a daily on a, on a daily basis, um, so that was definitely, you know, positive and encouraging and, and what the kids wanted me to sing. So what what kind of preparation was involved in competing for, uh, first of all, for Miss Tennessee and getting ready for the pageant? Was there anything in particular? Because when you started at six, obviously, was it a lot different as you got oh, older? Because yeah. obviously your talent, you had to work at your talent. By the way, you're incredibly talented. I mean, we produced Smokey Joe's Cafe, and you picked us, you know, a song for Smokey Joe's Cafe, I'm a yeah. Woman, and you did it beautifully. Yeah. And uh, we just all watched yeah. it, and we were really taken by it because we won a Tony Award, and we, we know oh, that song, yeah. you know, all the time. Well, so. I love the show, and I love the song, so that's uh, that's how we picked that song. Well, you did it beautifully. You really did. Well, I just got I watched your tape, and uh, it was clear to me not only, I mean, you just certainly have it together. Uh, did you want to pursue a singing career during this time or afterwards? Um. I really enjoy entertaining, I think, probably better than the actual uh, vocals. I did do some musicals. Um, I was in um, Oliver. I played Nancy in Oliver um, afterwards. You know, I definitely did pursue it a little bit. Um, but honestly, you know, just like we talked about in the conversation before, um, my dad passed away shortly after Miss Tennessee. So definitely my my plans um, as far, you know, definitely changed a little bit and refocused for sure. sure. But um you know, I still love to perform. I still love to, you know, to do all of that. Absolutely. It's definitely, you know, that, that passion, that fire, and, you know, that excitement of, of being in front of a live audience, you know, that, that definitely never goes away. You sound very disciplined. I assume that's something that's a strength of yours. Yes. Um, I would consider that a, a strength, and uh, I definitely got that from, from, from my parents, for sure. Uh, they definitely instilled that, and, um, you know, from a young age, too. So, I uh, Yes. I mean, that's a hard thing to learn when you're young. And, uh, you know, you, and you, I think you have to see a beginning, a middle, and an end, because if you don't see the end, you kind of wonder. I mean, I grew up in a generation where we didn't really pay much attention to a future because it was Vietnam and it was, uh, you know, we just didn't think much about the future. And, right. You know, and a lot of war and a lot of, you know, it was kind of the, the, the fast and free drug yeah, age, you know, when you're growing up. And then, all of a sudden you wake up one day and you say, well, I want to have kids and I want to live my life differently. And you start thinking about the future, you know, mm -hmm. and discipline is a huge part of it because quite frankly, when in my case, my parents had, had passed away and, and I had right. to make some very conscious decisions after thinking about it, what I wanted to do in my life and what my real purpose right. in life was. So I'm curious how it came from your parents it does it take work? I mean, is it something that yeah. takes oh, work? Yeah, it absolutely, it absolutely takes work. And I, I think really, um, but discipline, I think, also really comes from passion. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when I think about being disciplined, I, you know, I don't want, sometimes I think that kind of can sometimes have a, a, you know, a negative perception to it, like you have to work really hard. And um, But when I think back, you know, when I prepared for Miss Tennessee and when I was preparing for things that I was just really excited and passionate about, you know, working um, hard, but um, at the same time, you know, you're enjoying the work. So, I mean, it doesn't seem quite as as hard, I guess, as, if that's the right way to put it. Well, what do you think the pageantry uh, judges look for in a girl when they're competing in this? Well, 
that's a good question. It depends on the pageant, probably. Um, I know from my experience from, you know, the Miss America and the Miss Tennessee organization, um, it's really um, they're looking for someone that can fulfill the job of Miss Tennessee. You know, can this girl go and, you know, work for the Department of Education for a year and, and speak to these kids and be a positive role model? Um, so I definitely know in that setting um, that that's what they're looking for. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, you're definitely looking for someone that I think more than anything they look for self-confidence. Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. I think, you know, when I watch pageants and, and, you know, and see who, you know, is successful, I think self-confidence and, you know, being able to um, exude that, you know, on the stage and, and do that. I mean, it definitely takes a lot of self-confidence, you know, to, to get up there and, and to do that and be in front of people. So I think that's probably one of the, the most important key factors. So I'm curious about this because um, I think there's a definition of beauty that's changed over the generations. In other words, mm-hmm. and I think that's part of the of the of the misnomer of pageants. I mean, in a way, it almost like pageants aren't aren't a good name for it anymore because they're right. identified with just yeah. the physical part. I mean, you're clearly Absolutely. extremely beautiful, and and that comes across, you know, from a physical standpoint. But you're also inside incredibly beautiful and that's what we saw when we were really doing our our we do a lot of research a lot of homework and you oh, know and you. we see that throughout you know your entire being and so my question is how have the the the, the definition of beauty changed in your mind from you know from a while ago to today yeah oh gosh uh, you know you know when i think of as a beautiful woman you know i i mean I definitely think of my mom. I mean, she's been so incredibly strong, you know, going through, um, you know, losing my dad and being there for us, um, you know, and being there for, you know, her kids wholeheartedly. That is absolutely, you know, beautiful to me. So I think I, strength definitely is 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 beautiful to me um, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, my, my definition of beauty has definitely changed over the years, that's for sure. Um, but, yeah, you know, you, when you look at people, um, I think passion is beautiful when people are, are passionate about um, right whatever activities they're involved with and, um, and that excitement, I think that's beautiful. Um, and just, you know, having a, a, you know, a caring soul, I think, you know, when you see people out there, you know, trying to make a difference and helping others and, and wanting to, you know, change the way the world is, you know, that's beautiful too. Well, I, I got to tell you, you pretty well defined how I feel about the world too, <laughs> because frankly, it's a more holistic look at life, right? I mean, yeah. you know, it's not just the outside or just the inside, but it's a fact of I don't like to use the word balance, but more more integration of how all these yeah. things come together. And then you really do feel a certain commitment to the rest of the world and to making it a better place and changing it. And, and passion is something that you can tell right off the bat when someone's really passionate about something. They're excited. Their face lights up. You know, they care about it, and they're willing to – you know, fall on the sword for it, and 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 to, and to care about people who, you know, are just less fortunate or don't have the same opportunity or have maybe failed or have to learn something. I mean, right. that, that to me is what brings out the real beauty in a person. Yeah, absolutely. I I completely agree with that. So how, uh, you know, kind of in your mind that when they're picking for Miss America, when they're picking a Miss mm-hmm. Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, are they looking to see one of two things? Who's going to win Miss America? Who do we think we have the best chance with? Or are they truly being, you know, this is this is 
you know, this is the total person, the person with the self-confidence and the strength and the passion, excitement and caring soul, and that we hope the people in Atlantic City or wherever. Is it in Atlantic City where the Miss America is? Yeah, yeah they're back in Atlantic City, yes, back back, back home, um, and they're live on ABC, too. So, Got it. Um, you know, I think it can go either way, and I think it depends on the judges, but I... I I think you just hope that you have a, a set of judges that really see the whole picture and that they're, you know, looking for, you know, and I, and I can say this because I was, you know, a little girl sitting on the couch watching Miss America and thought, you know, these women were fantastic and looked up to them. Um, so I think, you, you know, you hope that when those judges sit down right there, they're thinking, you know, is this someone that, you know, I would look up to or that my daughter would look up to that, you know, I would feel comfortable being a positive role model to them? Is this, you know... And, and, of course, all the women are outstanding. But, you know, you, you want to find that person that, like, yeah, you know, like I would be totally happy with, with her being a positive role model for, for, you know, my kids or, you know, the next generation coming up. And, and hopefully, you know, they get that full picture and, and, that's, and that's what they're looking for. You know, I can't attest to all the judges, um, but, you know, I think that's what you, you hope that, that that set of judges and that panel is looking for. See, I, I, I'm happen to be a huge fan of, of, of uh, ice skating. And for me, <laughs> cool. it's, yeah. it's, it's really a cool sport, and, it's a, and I love watching it. I love watching mm-hmm. Olympic ice skating, and I love it. I find the music and the, the dancing. Yes, and the, the artistry. The, and, yeah. Right, right. And I don't know about a lot of guys, but, you know, for me, it, it's just like I don't want to be talked to when I'm watching it. I mean, it's like weird because I'm also like, you know, into football and I'm into baseball right, and right. I'm like, you know, <laughs> huh? Absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, I just wonder, it's like, I just find the artistry unbelievable. It's like ballet. It's like anything, you know, you just kind of feel like in order to do it, the person's got to have a master, has to master, have passion and master discipline and have, you know, mm-hmm. this this incredible strength because of the discipline and the work that they got to do. I mean, isn't exactly. that similar? Yeah, it's very similar. You, you definitely put a lot of work. And I think um, probably the, I don't want to call it the biggest misconception, but, you know, what you see on final nights is just kind of a, a glimpse of what you do. You know, I, you spend a lot of preparation, um, you know, for the interview. They do it press conference style. Um, you have to be up on current events and topics, and you do coaching and you have appearances and you do public speaking um, and you spend a lot of time you know preparing for all of those different aspects of because really the job starts you know the day after you're crowned you know that's really when you get to work um, so you have all this preparation and months of preparation that goes you know into this and really you only kind of see a little itty bitty snapshot like okay you get to see the pretty evening gown and you know, a quick on-stage question and, you know, 90 seconds of the talent and, you know, they practically run across the stage and, you know, in the um, physical fitness portion. But, um, yeah, you just see, to see like a little small piece um, of what you've been working on for, you know, for months and months. And then, you know, it's once you get the title, that's really when um, all those months of preparation really kick in, for sure. How do you prepare for the tough questions in the Miss America pageant? Um, I mean, there's different things we would do to prepare, but, I mean, at the end of the day, there's really no preparation because you have absolutely no idea what they're going to ask you. Right. Um, a lot of it, I mean, of course, you would read the newspaper every day because you want to be um, up to date on, on, you know, what's going on in the world. Um, you, I did actually have, um, I set up some mock interviews, so, you know, I would get volunteers or people to, you know, okay, well, what would you ask me in an interview situation? Um 
I set up, you know, several appearances to do some public speaking to get some experience uh, in that regard because, you know, it's one thing they don't really teach you in school. Um, yeah, so, I mean, gosh, what else? And, of course, you practice your talent uh, daily. And, of course, there's the aspect of being healthy and, and working out and, yeah, all of it. <laughs> it can definitely uh, take you, all, you know, all day long preparing for sure. Are, are you allowed to have a coach? Um, or do some some of the girls have coaches? Yeah, absolutely. Some of the girls do have coaches. Um, you know, I was, I kind of call it a team. I had a great group of people to help me prepare for Miss Tennessee. I had a great local director um, who really believed in me and, you know, definitely gave me, you know, all the tools he knew to help me succeed, um, you know, as far as, you know, interviewing and, um, yeah, we did we did have some, some different coaches to kind of, you know, help prepare you. For, for the pageant, for sure. So what, um, you know, kind of, as you look back on it, what mm-hmm. what eventually took place during the actual Miss America, uh, and what was the final kind of moments like in that, when, when you know, the, the decisions were made and kind of what was going through your mind? Oh, at Miss America? Yeah. Um, Miss America was a really cool experience. It's, you, I mean, you, obviously you meet girls um, that are outstanding in their own right from literally every state in, in the country. And so it's, it's actually a lot of fun. You end up learning a lot of different things about the different states. And uh, my roommate was actually uh, Janie Joe, Miss Colorado. We had a great time. Um, but it's really cool. And to kind of, I, I think you definitely have that moment when you get there that first day of rehearsal and, you know, you're there with all the other 50 contestants and you're standing on the stage and you have that moment of like, oh, my gosh, I am on the Miss America stage. Uh, <laughs> it's really cool. And, uh, you know, obviously I did not win Miss America. That was the ultimate goal. I did not win it. And, you know, was there definitely a little bit of disappointment? Of course. Um, but it was a great experience. And, you know, I definitely look back at that at Pride because, you know, you definitely worked hard. You know, I did a great job. And, you know, my dream was to become Miss America, but, you know, I came really close to, to winning it, and, you know, I do feel, too, you know, I got to come back and finish working um, for the Department of Education and, and go back and visit the schools, and I really feel like that was my purpose for that year mm-hmm. and was to serve as Miss Tennessee, and I absolutely loved it and loved every minute of it. So, I, you know, I you know, I can't quite 100% say I would, you know, turn down the Miss America crown to stay as Miss Tennessee, but it would definitely be a tough decision for sure. It was being Miss Tennessee was pretty, was pretty great. Well, I mean, it's all a journey, right? And it seems to me that you, you know, it's like climbing a mountain. You got the experience that you needed to get uh, and that God probably felt was necessary for you to get to go on in your life and change the world, which is what it sounds like. Uh, And with that in mind, what do you think is the biggest struggle women in all societies face today? Wow. Um, I think there's, you know, I think there's really um, a pressure to be and do it all, I think would probably be it right now. You know, we're we're definitely in the workforce. We're out there working hard. Um, but, you know, and I, and I guess I don't know if I can speak for ladies and say, you know, we want our cake and eat it too. We, we definitely want it all, and I think there's that pressure to, you know, be the hero in the workplace, be the hero at home, and, and you know, and, and still do all the other activities that, that you do. Um, so I think it's a little bit different pressure for, for this next generation of women, and uh, I think, you know, our big challenge is going to be um, 
finding the balance and, and you know, balancing and, and putting our priorities in, in order. Well, you know, um, I think you're right, and I think that uh, I think it's hard for women to be women and men to be men today, and I think there's a lot of crossover and a lot of lack of what I call clarity on that subject because, mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much information out there. We're, you know, we're dealing with things that we didn't know a lot about before, right? You know, and it, and and now it just, you know, you pay attention to stuff. I mean, I asked somebody the other day about emails. I mean, I, I you probably answer, I don't know about you, but I answer emails that I normally would not have called somebody back, but I'll answer their email. And I don't even know who they are, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, and I just think there's a lot more information, and the responsibility I think each of us has is just to try to do yes. our God's work on this on this earth and figure out what our real purpose is. And, and it sounds like you've had this incredible journey that's that's afforded you the ability to to understand yourself and to be exposed to many great things and to be in a position of power and influence and authority to be able to change things. And I think it's a tremendous thing that you've done. I, I commend you tremendously on it. Well, thank you. I, I don't know if I feel like I've done a, a lot, but I, I definitely appreciate that. That's, uh, you know, I guess compliments don't get too much better than that. So thank you. Well, you're welcome. And, and you know, I, I'm, I'm a little bit older, I would say probably a lot older, and I still look at it as i got another 20, 20 years, 30 years to continue to try to change the world. So I love meeting people well, I, like I yourself. I your, your show is, in, is a, definitely a step in the right direction. So <laughs> I'm sure many people are benefiting from it. So I, I'd say you're, you're, you get two thumbs up in my book. Thank you. So tell me uh, about your MBA from the University of Tennessee and what prompted you to do that. And, and outside of all of this, what were the aspirations and what led you into becoming a sales director with Mary Kay? Yeah, oh, I guess a lot of questions all in one. Um, Sorry about that. Well, let's see. I after um, I did receive a lot of scholarship from Miss Tennessee. So once I gave up my title, um, you know, I kind of continued to do some some modeling and some appearances and some work associated um, with that. And then uh, about that time, shortly after um, I gave up my title, my my dad passed away. I lost him to suicide, and so I mean that definitely turned my world upside down. And as far as you know, plans and things that I thought I was doing, and so that really. Um, was when I was like, you know what, I need to be here for my family. I need to be close by. And, you know, I'd always planned on um, getting my master's and, you know, continuing my education. So um, that really is how I ended up getting my master's degree. Um, And I got it at the University of Tennessee, um, actually at the Chattanooga campus. So I was there at home with the family and was able Mm -hmm. to get that. And, um, you know, again, I was with a great environment and great, um, a great group of, um, you know, students that I got to know and, and a great group of teachers, um, and which was great for me because it definitely gave me some focus and direction, you know, after dealing with, you know, a very traumatic, you know, event in, in my life and in my family's life. Um, and then, well, and actually I got married uh, right after graduating with my master's um, to my now husband. Yeah, and I want to hear about how, how, how you met your husband. I hear it's an interesting story. <laughs> I actually met him at the Liberty Bowl. I was there um perform yes, uh, he played for the University of Houston and the University of Houston was playing South Carolina at the Liberty Bowl and I um sang the anthem at a luncheon and awards luncheon for they have held for the players. And I sang there and I had actually just found out probably the week prior that my roommate at Miss America was was Miss Colorado Janie Joe and we'd already done a documentary and filmed some stuff so I knew Janie and we were uh, but we were playing phone tag, you know, we're in different time zones, busy schedules, and um, 
you know, of course I noticed my husband, he was, you know, very good looking and he was winning all these awards. So I was like, all right, he's winning the academic awards and, you know, all these different things. I'm like, oh, we've got a smart jock. I like this. Um, <laughs> but afterwards he came up um, and was like, oh, hey, you know, Janie Jo says give her a call. And I was like, how in the world do you know Janie Jo? Um, and it turns out his, his father is a music minister uh, for First Baptist out in Midland. And um, his father and Ms. Colorado's father are both music ministers and um, their families had grown up knowing each other. So he had texted Janie and said, hey, you know, Miss Tennessee's at, you know, at, at this awards luncheon, you know, do you happen to know her? And she was like, yeah, not only do I know her, she's my roommate at Miss America, go tell her to give me a call. So that is how um, I met my husband. So thank you to oh. Miss Colorado. She was in my wedding. So that's how I met my husband. And he came to watch Miss America. And, um, you know, so we did a long-distance relationship. And he was, uh, you know, great support when I lost my father. And, you know, stuck with me through graduate school, and you know, I figure if he's going to stick around that long, I might as well keep him. <laughs> well, well, thank him for allowing uh, him to support your fact that you came on this show because uh, it, you you've been an incredible guest. We, we've only got about two minutes left, if okay. that. And I want to ask, as you look back on your life, your journey, mm-hmm. what do you say is the greater purpose of life, the real meaning of life? Oh, I am so glad that was not an on-stage question at any point. <laughs> you know, you got about um, sixty seconds to answer it. So. <laughs> I know, right? and the time starts now. No, I. You know, I don't know if I really honestly know the answer to that. You know, I am a person. You know, I believe in God, and I believe in uh, you know, in His Son Jesus Christ, and you know, I believe that um, there is a purpose and a meaning for our life, and you know, ultimately for me, I, I think that really. Um, revolves around the relationships and the people um, that you meet and that you hopefully influence and and hopefully, you know, influence in a positive way. Um, But, you know, one day, hopefully, you know, when we're in heaven, we'll we'll know the answer to that. But, you know, I just kind of take every day in stride and, um, you know, learn as I go from, you know, the the good times and the mess-ups and, you know, just make sure that I appreciate and love my family every day. And, um, you know, I I, I don't know if I can add too much more to that. you don't need to. You're you're a uh, you're an incredible uh, asset to our to our community to to the people that live here, and you're making a difference. Uh, I want to thank you, Blair Pancake, for sharing your journey with us, uh, Miss oh, Tennessee, 2006. It certainly inspired me, and I know the many listeners who follow our show. I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning into a current life on Voice America Variety Channel, and our sponsors, Green Mountain Coffee Roasters, Pure Romance, and AdSpace Mall Network. Please stay tuned for our show next Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern. And until next time, I wish each and every one of you a journey filled with hope, inspiration, and success. And, Blair, I hope we get the opportunity to meet in person. And you've been delightful, and I wish you much success in your future. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I very much appreciate it. Thank you so much. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks again for joining us for A Current Life on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please tune in to another great program with your host, Jimmy Gould, next Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time. We'll see you next week. The stove, the refrigerator, all the pots and pans. The sink? Sure, take the kitchen sink, too. Yeah, pretty much everything in the kitchen I could live without if I had to. Except, of course, my Keurig Brewer. 
Who doesn't love their Keurig Brewer? It can brew the perfect cup of coffee, tea, and hot cocoa with just the touch of a button, all without a fuss and so little mess or cleanup. With over 250 varieties to choose from, it's no wonder your Keurig Brewer is the favorite thing in your kitchen. Visit Keurig.com for more info.